Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Live. This is the first in its kind where we invite business leaders and subject matter experts to discuss the latest innovations and current issues that can help you move the needle by providing actionable recommendations where you can also, and you can actually also leave questions or join us live. So today, um, I am your host, Edwin Frendoza, and today I'm, I'm excited to introduce my guest, uh, a friend of mine, Bob Minnis. He is the founder of Entrepreneur House and the founder of I2A Conference, Inspired to Action Conference. So welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Edwin, for having me. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity. No, thank you for your time. I know you're in and out doing many things today. I think you're probably within – I think you're in a meeting right now, and you just actually hopped out just to join us. So really grateful for this and the dedication. But today's episode is called The Pros and Cons of Women-Only Networking Groups, Views from a Male Advocate and Supporter. So before – maybe we should disclaimer this – before we get burned and – Claimed on the internet about this. Um, I know this is just just a pro, you know we're both fathers and we both have daughters and and this is something that we just want to help more and really build things up for for the future as well. So with that, Bob, can you tell me why you are passionate about this topic and and why you brought this up and and really felt we ha- we should talk about this? I, I certainly and I appreciate the forum to do that. You know I, I'm happy to uh, say out loud that please the views that I express do not. Uh, are not the views of Edwin <laughs> his podcast. You know, it's interesting because I, I don't even like the word cons because the idea of, of networking groups as a whole, I think, um, are really critical and important. But what I've seen over the last five, six years of doing business consulting, of working for different government agencies and of, of having my own business is that uh, a lot of these groups are becoming more and more Exclusive, and 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 I talk about women-only networking uh, from two points of view, and I and and first of all, I, I never want to say that there isn't a place for women-only networking. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a male, I, I can only comment so much on the topic, right? There's a bit of hypocrisy when two men are talking about, you know, women-only networking groups. So this is really my point of view. Yeah, I mean. This is this is really weird that it's two dudes talking about this right now. So. Certainly, and you know, my hope is that this instigates a conversation online where we get more women talking about this conversation and joining us in the conversation, as well as more men. But um, my my point of view is is twofold. Is you know, I, I meet more of these groups, uh, and and what I find is that there's this there's this missing element when I deal with um, sempreneurs or female entrepreneurs in their market analysis and market development. Um, when they go to women-only networking, they're, they're missing sort of a chunk of the population. And I, and I don't just mean men. Um, I do get to meet women uh, who are amazing at their business who, who actually don't attend women-only networking groups. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're looking for sort of that, that more diverse factor. And, and, and I think, you know, when you have that, that, that exclusivity, uh, it prevents those attending that groups for, for hitting a certain amount of the market. But my big push, Edwin, the yeah. reason why I'm always talking about this is, um, the only reason I dare to try and talk about uh, entrepreneurship and women is I've had I've been really blessed with a lot of female leaders uh, who have taken the time to educate me. This is not mm-hmm. me coming from a point of view of this is what I think from my 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 male only podium. Um, I spent the last five years working with a lot of female entrepreneurs and female leaders who have sat down and, and really showcased to me why um, you know how entrepreneurship is different for women. I think, you know, we openly can talk about uh, the Me Too hashtag and how that opened a lot of our eyes to, to what was going on. But when I see female-only networking, my big push is it actually prevents men like me from learning what women need. 
and, and this is not to say that it shouldn't be done and that women should be ashamed or penalized. Again, there's always a place for that networking for women. Um, but it, it misses an opportunity to educate men like I was five years ago to understand how to coexist in an entrepreneurial ecosystem with women, to be able to support and give them the resources that they need and to understand the barriers that they face. Because until I had these leaders tell me that, until I worked with women like Julie Cole, uh, Maria Locker from Mompreneurs, until I worked with these women and they showcased, you know, those barriers in a way that I could understand, I had no idea. And, you know, there's still a large populace of the population of men who have no idea, who operate from this place of what seems to be arrogance, but it's really ignorance. And so, you know, coming back to this group, um, you know, how can we not necessarily remove the exclusivity, but how can we integrate men into it? So, you know, with women-only networking, is there a way where every quarter they run an event where the women of the group invite a man in and allow them to really understand and, and learn from this ecosystem? Because I'll tell you, from the groups that I have been invited to that are women-only, I've been really blessed to be invited to a few, you know, I've learned not just about how to exist in an ecosystem with women, but, man, women as entrepreneurs can do a lot, I won't say better, but can do a lot of things differently than we can as men. Um, right. And, and I've learned from that, and I've actually gained a lot of uh, skills. So I've been doing this for 15 years, and just being in those groups, I've actually gained more skills. So, so if that's true, then, then there's more men that can learn from that. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. No, so, I mean, for myself, and listening to what you're saying, um, it's super interesting to me. And for the people who are listening on the male side, and they really want to be more of an advocate, how, how to give a hand, or, you know, there's campaigns about the dial and how do you support. Like, how do you even approach that with, you know, yeah. in an empathetic way? How do you get into these groups? Like, how did you do that and how did you build that within your expertise? Because I know, I know from the outside looking in, Bob, you have these type of, uh, not only these networks, but you also support by launching conferences that are geared towards yes. women-only entrepreneurs as well. So tell me about that. And it's true. You know, Inspired to Action, which is a conference we designed to help women make the leap from corporate to entrepreneurship. Although we focus on women, we try not to make it exclusively for women. Um, but we make it a conference that allows these women to, to make that transition. One of the number one things I learned in the development of that conference was that um, – uh, women think of financial literacy differently than men do. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I was developing this curriculum for forecasting and financial planning uh, in businesses, and I had a number of female leaders say, that's not how we interpret money or how we understand money, how you're doing it is a male point of view. So I started the conference for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to create an avenue for women to be able to make that leap in a safe environment with other people who are just as crazy as them to make the leap to entrepreneurship. But number two, there was a time uh, when my daughter and I were spending some time together, and she had an idea for she wanted to start a business. And um, certainly I said, for sure, we spent a couple hours working through the process. And uh, uh, it was time for her to go home, so I dropped her back at her mom's, and I saw her the next day. And when I saw her the next day and asked her how things were going, she had told me, well, I, I need to focus on getting a job and starting a, a, a career, or getting a college degree and starting a job. And what I realized then was, you know, it, it, it's not disparaging. I don't mean to sound disparaging to her mother. Her mother is completely an amazing woman that has created the daughter that I have today. I would not dare to take credit to, for, for the daughter I have today. So, but her mother understands the world from a nine-to-five point of view, and that's okay. This is yes. not a criticism of that. My fear is, are we 
not giving our daughters or the women in our lives the opportunity to explore entrepreneurship. And that's all Inspired to Action is. It's just to explore it in an environment that's safe with other women. It's all about community. And that's all. It's not meant to say, you should do this, and this is how you do it. I would never presume to tell women what to do. All I did was create a forum for other women to get together and not only educate me and other men on what these women need, but create a community that my daughter can grow into. And honestly, Edwin, she might come to a stage where she says, you know what, Dad? I've been playing in this ecosystem with you in entrepreneurship. I would rather have corporate kids. I'm okay with that. I want yeah. her, your daughter, and I want other women to have that choice. Because if, if anything, not just the Me Too campaign, but other campaigns have shown us, these women have not had a choice. So we as men, not just as men, but you know, we as a community need to get together and build these opportunities for these women that are barrier-free. That's where Inspired to Action came. That's where I fear that women-only networking may sort of prevent that, may prevent that opportunity from them. Um, because, again, it's, it, it doesn't allow them to reach a certain market segment that they can access. It doesn't allow men like me to get educated and understand and, and really, really relate to what it is that they feel they need. So when we right. talk about pros and cons, I never want it to be that there shouldn't be these groups. I'll give you an example. You and I will definitely find culture-centric networking groups. Groups only for South Asian, networking for, mm-hmm. for East Asian, for, 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 for the Russian background, for the European background. Those are just as disparaging. We're talking about women today because you and I are big supporters of, 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 of women in entrepreneurship. But those groups that are culture-centric are also disparaging. They need to open up and allow different cultures in to learn. How do I network with South Asian business owners? How do I network with East Asian business owners? They do business culturally differently than we do. Anyway, that's my long rant. I don't want to take right. too much of your time. No, no, it's... I mean, it was it was really interesting uh, your point and and for for your experience and the amount of work you've done uh, with entrepreneurs and with the many female entrepreneurs. Like, why are women gravitating in the first place to women only networking groups? Because I know there is differences and they need the support groups. But like, what, what was the initial driving factor? Because what you're saying is, yes, you have this to help and support each other. But no, you need to bring back and come back and make it whole holistic and be entrepreneurs only or, or whatnot. So, so tell me, uh, how, how would you, you know, advise, yeah. advise these, these women or at least these groups? That, no, that's that, totally that fair. And I, and, I, yeah. and I think the huge value that these groups offer, and this is only my interpretation. So, again, I hope that this leads to conversation from hearing from other women in, in joining this conversation. But my point of view, it seems to be that these women-only networking groups work well because they create a safe, barrier-free environment. You know, the women that I've worked with, the reason why we work well together is because I've learned from other female leaders that these women are barriered. So it's not just a gender pay gap. It's not just how sometimes they're treated in a corporate work environment. And it's not just – I'll give you an example. I read a a recent Facebook post from a a female founder, a startup female founder, who had 10 networking meetings. They were all men, and not one of them asked about her and her business. You know, there's, there's this female-only networking groups create an environment where women can thrive and can access other women that may be in a buried environment they could not. So there still is value. It's just, you know, how can we as men also learn from those groups to create barrier-free environments, to make sure that we're giving access, that we're living, that we're doing the things that these women actually need rather than talking about it. It's one thing for me to go to these groups and talk about, here's how you do a target market. It's another thing for me to say, this group is doing amazing things. I am contributing this much money. I think all you guys should, you know what I mean? Like we, we need to be more advocates and facilitators rather than lecturers. These women don't need us to lecture them. They're amazingly smart, amazingly capable. The women that I've met, 
and, and can do so many. They just need us to support them in a way that they need to be supported. So not us mansplaining, hey, ladies, this is what we should do for you. It's more for them telling us, this is what we need, gentlemen. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, for me, as I approach or when I talk to my, you know, my friends, my colleagues, all my women entrepreneur friends, what would be the question I ask uh, outside of, and it's something I do anyways, try to, I try to do anyways. I was like, how can I help you today? Like, like how can me try to be more conscious every day to ensure that I'm providing value, not only to anyone I come in, but specifically to, to my fellow colleagues, my fellow entrepreneurs that are, that are women or are within these type of organizations or groups? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think my experience has shown me that it's one thing to say, how can I help you today? It's mm-hmm. another thing to be available. The women that I've worked with and the women that I've learned from have always said they, it's one, it, words are great, actions mm-hmm. are better. So to support these women, it's being available. So it's not so much what can I do for you today. I like to tell them to say, hey, I'm here for you. Let me know when you need something. And then the key, Edwin, is to live up to that promise. So it's not one thing to say, let me know when you need something. And when they tell you they do, hum and ha about it, you need to make that commitment. And sometimes, as a man, I don't fully comprehend what it is that they're asking me for, like understand the reasons behind it. I trust in them as entrepreneurs and as female leaders to just do it. I don't question it. And you have to be okay with that. And I think, you know, when women see more men able to do that and to learn from that, it gives them confidence in us as well. Understand that I not only do what I do to support these women, we as men have a job to rebuild the confidence in these women in us that we've lost. And it's not just entrepreneurship. Dating is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> if you talk to these women about their experiences in dating, it's it's no different. You know, they're mm-hmm. not being respected and honored um, for the for the uh, amazing things that they bring to this world. So I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. So that's my logic. Is you can tell them how can uh, how can I help you? That's great, Edwin. Be available. Let them know. Hey, I'm available. If you need me, call me, and then commit to that. When they need you, do it. No, that's great, and that's super insightful, and it's also me learning, uh, being being a husband, and, and also having a young daughter, and just really understanding that the time and life. And if you're listening out there, uh, whether you're male, female, do you have any experiences or anything you'd want to share, or actually ask questions to, towards Bob or myself, feel free to text in the message. And we could also bring you on air as well. I'd love to have you join us on the call. But is there anything else that you'd like to share, Bob, to the listeners today? Anything specific or even even the conference that you, that you recently had, the Inspired to Action? Like, like what were your key takeaways from these? Uh, you know, I think the key takeaways we had from the last Inspired to Action was um, when you create a safe environment, uh, the women that attended learned so very much. As soon as they felt safe, you know, when they initially came, there's that aspect of, who, you know, why are you here? They took, a, they took a chance on us. But the moment they felt safe, I can't even tell you, Edwin, the learnings that happened, the connections that were made. A lot of these women are, are still connected today and talking to each other and working with each other. And that's all we want Inspired to Action to do. I can bring amazing speakers in. Uh, you know, I'll say it on your, your show. My goal is to bring in the speakers like, um, you know, strong female leaders in to talk to women. I, my goal, I want to bring Michelle Obama in. That's my goal. I, you know, I'm working to get inspired to actually a place where Michelle Obama says that's a place I want to talk to women. Um, no, but even if I do that, it was the environment that we learned that really helped these women thrive and, and grow. And, you know, the other yeah. thing I want to get across, too, is for those that are listening that might not know me very well, 
and that think, you know, oh, Bob's a great guy. Let me tell you, I wasn't this guy five years ago. Five years ago, I was married, uh, running my own company, and I was a completely different person. And, and, and I fully admit that I was not a good person. And, you know, I was mm-hmm. an entrepreneur in survival mode. And it's not even just not a great person to women. It was just not a great person in general. And when I lost my marriage and, and you know, when I ended up, you know, I ended up living homeless and I ended up just, you know, trying to make things work. That mm-hmm. humility really gave me the focus that I have now. I have, you know, I've regretted that for years I have not been supporting the community entrepreneurially and women that I should have been. So all this to say men can change. And I know that it seems mm-hmm. when you look out there and you see some guys and you think that guy just has to die. He's not going to ever improve. I promise you it takes us time and it takes understanding. It takes being, it even takes us feeling safe to ask the questions of how we can support you. We can change. And I'm still not perfect. I still make stupid, simplistic mistakes where women are like, you know, Bob, you kind of should know better. It, you know, it is, it, is, it is not a perfect process. But the reason why I think I succeed and the reason why I enjoy so many great relationships with strong female leaders, they're willing to help me and educate me and guide me. They're not willing to write me off. They're willing to give that opportunity to say, this is where you need to be and how you need to be. And, right. and so as much as I want to talk about the conference, I really want to get that out as well, saying, you know, men can change. It takes a certain mindset, but we need to feel just as safe as you, as women need to feel safe in the environments that they're in as well. That's awesome. I got a question from the audience, yep. Bob. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> can you provide an example of when a man has questioned a woman entrepreneur when she had asked for help? Okay. So I can give older examples. Traditionally, so I've worked for a lot of government agencies in what are called, in Ontario, we have what are called small business enterprise centers or entrepreneurship centers. Mm-hmm. Typically in the past, we've, they've typically been run by male counterparts. And what's happened is, you know, I'm going to look at the early 2000s. Women have come in with this amazing idea or have had a thought of how they want to build a business idea. And, you know, there was this time when, you know, they weren't getting the support that you needed because men would say, you know, this probably isn't for you or this isn't something you need to be in. I only know this anecdotally, so this has never been me. Anecdotally, though, I know from, from other entrepreneurs who have gone in, um, men have said, no, like, this is not a business you should do. This is not an industry you should be in. You know, try look at something like this. And, and that's, that's heartbreaking. We, you know, we should never define a woman by her gender. We should, you know, simply define her by her passion and her skill set. So that would be the only example I could think of. Um, right. And it's, changing, and it's changing as well with these type of organizations because you worked with these yes. organizations as well. I am. I'm seeing an evolution. It was so exciting. Uh, it wasn't long ago when Minister Baines and, and, and Minister Chagger sat up on the podium and talked about the new Vicky program to help female mm-hmm. founders. At a federal level, that was unheard of 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting when we hear these stories of, 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 of agencies coming together. But, yes. 10, 15 years ago, female entrepreneurs weren't getting support from typically male-dominated entrepreneur support agencies. But now we're seeing more female leaders stand up in those agencies. We're seeing more women enter those agencies and, and operate from, from their perspective. And I'll tell you, you know, again, this actually might sound sexist from a female point of view, but I find when we find those female leaders in those spots, it's a much more holistic center. <laughs> and that's what yeah. I find. I find the support is much more holistic. We, now we're openly talking about mental health we're openly talking about shame we're openly talking about money where before we weren't so right hopefully awesome. that answers the question i don't know if that was a bit roundabout or no i think it was great well 
first off, before we, we, we close off, Bob, thank you for agreeing and joining me on the show and, and bringing up this topic that, that's close to your heart. I know there's a big movement in the tech in the tech world. I know there's yes. amazing business leaders like Jody Kovitz, you know, yes. leading leading the move the DAO with women in technology. You know, quite frankly, I was kind of scared to uh, to do this to do this topic here. I <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I mean, this is this is something that we need to be open about. Me being a yes. business leader and always interviewing different business leaders. So thank you for that. Um, before I close off, Bob, where can we find more information about you? Anything that you're sharing or doing, in, or, or anything you want to share with us today? Certainly. Well, I'd love I'd love to get a lot of people out uh, more than my business. I'd love to get a lot of people out to the Inspired Action website, which is inspiredtoaction.ca, and and joining us on our Facebook page or our Instagram account because that's really how we're building this movement. Our movement is designed to support existing movements, like Alexis Dean has one called Uptail Summits, like Jody, as you just mentioned. So we, you know, I'd love for people to find me there a conversation there and if there's anything you heard in this interview that you didn't agree with i want to know because i can't get better at supporting you and your community and the ecosystem if i'm saying something that shouldn't be said so i'm just open about having these conversations more and more on the inspired to action channels bob thank you thank you for joining me thank you for your work in all this and i'm looking forward to to hearing more about this um but uh, thank you for everyone who's joined in this i uh, just want to give a quick shout out my guest on my latest episode of the Business Leadership Podcast was uh, business leader Mike Wessinger, CEO of Point Click Care. It's amazing Canadian software company, global leader in senior health care technology. So please listen uh, to the podcast, the Business Leadership Podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But that is a wrap for this episode of the Business Leadership Live. Tune in this Friday. We're we discuss why schools are prisons for entrepreneurs. My guest will be Astawa Alam. Um, if you're available, Bob, I'd love you to join in and give me oh, your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on why school is a prison for entrepreneurs. But again, thank you everyone for joining me. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Signing off. <laughs>